This podcast was produced in association with FunEmploymentRadio.com. Welcome once again, everybody, to the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. I am Jason Chevron Chops, and it is currently October 2nd, 2017. Hope everyone is well and getting in gear for the seasonal deluge of new games. The floodgates are officially open, and most of the biggest releases of the year are set to drop in the next handful of weeks to get everyone nice and broke just in time for Black Friday and Christmas. Today on the show, I'm just going to breeze through a couple of little newsies and then dive deep into one of my personally most anticipated titles of the year, Project Cars 2. And a little bit of a warning, this is going to be the nerdiest, deepest dive I've done so far. So if you are not into sim racing, if you're not into PC games, like you probably just want to steer clear. But do give it a try, check it out. If you want to know more about Project Cars and sim racing games, this is definitely the episode for you. But before all that, let's cover the bases. Be sure to follow and like the show on Facebook and Twitter using at WAG Podcast. And please, for the love of Zelda, subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. And don't be shy. Send me some email viruses at wagpodcastpdx at gmail.com. Here we go! This here is the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. How about we start with this little SNES classic thing that you may or may not have heard about. It is finally loose on the streets. Uh, I guess if you had a pre-order somehow, magically, you probably have one. But I've heard that the best way to actually get them right now is to see if you can find one in a real physical store. Don't know how well that works out and also not going to really take my time to go find one. But feedback is so far, the console is truly adorable. The game's present in the collection are mostly great but the cables are still a little short and it's kind of lame that when you're in a game and you want to get back to the main menu of the the console itself in switch games you have to hit the physical reset button on the console there's nothing on the controller there's no combination of buttons or anything that will get you back to that menu kind of a downer but Overall, I think everybody that got them is enjoying them. I think Dylan got one, so I need to talk to him, see how that's going. Maybe get a little play session in there sometime too, eh? Also, recently, we had the Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer finally come out. This game, oh god, I don't even remember when Red Dead, the first one, came out. Let's see. Red Dead. Oh, jeez. My god, it was like 2010. This new one, I mean, it looks as good as it should for having been in development for God knows how long. The graphics, though, they're, like, oddly a little soft, I I think. Um, They're not super sharp and gritty and, I don't know, kind of like, let's say, like, 10% cartoony. It's it's a weird thing. Now that you hear it, you, you won't unsee it. But the game will serve as a prequel to The Last Red Dead Redemption, but it's also still months away. I think they said spring of 2018. Rockstar usually sticks pretty good to their release dates. And when they show a trailer for a game like this, it's already basically done. They were just putting the final touches on it. You know, like I said, still months away, but definitely looking strong. Another game that finally came out that seemed like never was going to, Cuphead. A little side-scrolling shooter game that's got a crazy, like, 1930s cartoon style to it it reminds me of like stuff that i used to have on old vhs tapes when i was a kid like the old felix cartoons or the old popeye cartoons like those but this game it started i believe as like a super ambitious indie indie game um did a whole kickstarter and all that and god was said to be releasing as early as like 2014 and here we are almost almost in 2018 so they finally made it to release the reviews so far have been strong the game is rock solid from the sound of it 
but it's also tough as nails, which for me personally turns me off to the game because I don't know, with a with a side-scrolling shooter, it's got to be kind of fair and balanced. And this one is just like, the whole level is the stage. There's no checkpoints. There's these crazy boss battles that you go in between. And uh, it just sounds like a chore in the end. I would love to play and see the game, but it's something that I would need like, not like the easiest mode, but something a little bit easier than the brutal standard difficulty that it's said to come with. Also, multiplayer sounds awesome. I mean, this is a, not a split-screen scenario. This is everybody on the same screen. But from what I read in a review, it's way too hectic with two people on screen. You cannot tell what the hell's going on anywhere. So, I don't know. That's kind of a downer, too. I Like I said, I would love to try the game. I would love to be able to play through it if it was a little bit easier. But I don't know. We'll see. Maybe get it on sale someday. Also launching this week, actually tomorrow, the 3rd of October, Forza 7. Forza is basically putting itself in the middle. It's it's become the meat of the, the P-Cars and Gran Turismo Sport sandwich now. That It's launching about a week or two after Project Cars and a week before GT Sport is supposed to launch. So right there in the middle. And we also have Need for Speed Payback coming out a little bit later on November 10th. But... This is like, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like this every year, but I feel like this is a really busy time for racing fans. I mean, these are four to five games that I'm definitely interested in playing. Not going to buy all of them. I mean, it, I was kind of off the bandwagon with GT Sport, but I don't know. Like, I don't know where to spend my dollars anymore. I got Project Cars 2, which we'll talk about later. I played the Forza 7 demo. I... I would like to play Forza 7 or more like Forza Horizon. I think that game has a lot more to offer just, I don't know, experience-wise. Because Forza 7 is a straightforward racing career thing where, I mean, just like any Gran Turismo has been, you have the career mode where you go in, try to unlock as many cars as you can, get into the World Series and beat everything with all the different types of cars and everything. But that's kind of it. So Horizon is more of like the open world. There's all kinds of different car-based adventures to go on and random stuff to do and the Hot Wheels tracks. Oh my God. But I don't know. Someday we'll see whichever way the cards fall. I am still waiting to see if I can get a review copy of Forza 7. So I I doubt it because I'm nobody to anybody, but we'll see. I mean, stranger things have happened in the past. The game overall, of course, slots in perfectly not just in release time, release schedule, but also gameplay, right in between get a Gran Turismo and Need for Speed, where it's not 100% a simulation at all, but it's also not a completely arcade racer, but it is somewhere in between. Word is that the game lives up to all the expectations set for it, while otherwise just kind of checking all the boxes of being a Forza title. So no real surprises. The additions that they have made with like weather and time of day changes are very welcome, very well executed, still not as good as Project Cars has done now, but they're definitely setting a new standard for themselves and keeping up with the rest of the market. Overall, there are tons of cars to collect. It's just like Gran Turismo's kind of turned into... It's a, in a way, like a car museum, a digital auto museum in a lot of ways. And I think with better, more fun and interesting driving than probably Gran Turismo is capable of doing anymore, but that's up to individual taste, I guess. There's also many tracks to enjoy. There's a lot of fluff where they just have like special editions of the same tracks, I guess. So their number was something crazy, like hundreds of tracks, but... Once you take out all the duplicates and reiterations of certain things, I don't know if it's really that high. But it's also got very consistent and satisfying performance across the board on both the, the home consoles and the PC. So overall, I think Forza is probably the best buy if you're looking for just a, a straightforward racing game that's fun and accessible while also offering a simulation-like experience if you want it. Because once you get in and shut off all the assists and all the traction control and everything, it's up there with the best simulations. Just still with a little bit of the arcade side to it. 
Now, Forza also serves as a great segue to the real racing simulator I've been drowning in, Project Cars 2, which launched on September 22nd, and I have been completely locked into. Now, as you may or may not know, Project Cars, the first one, launched a few years back now, and it was touted to be a basically community-designed game. The studio, Slightly Mad Studios, opened a forum and said, we're going to make a racing game. We've been making racing games. They were part of the team that made a number of different series. I think one of the last ones that they worked on mainstream was like the Need for Speed Shift series, which was leaning towards the simulation side, but still arcadey. Well, they went out to the community and said, we want to build a strictly racing simulation game. We want your feedback to help design it. And it started kind of as like a Kickstarter game with additional the additional layer of like an open public forum for everyone to kind of give their feedback on what they expect from a simulation game, the things they, that everybody looks for that other series like Gran Turismo haven't been providing. And they're, they really stepped into the stuff by kind of going up against the PC market of simulation games. Because racing simulation games on consoles have always been a completely different breed from what developed on the PC side. The PC side is where you really have deeply committed companies and developers chasing the the white horse of physics, driving physics, and making it as realistic as possible, making it a real one-to-one experience. Because these developers, I'm not sure if any of them have actually worked on them, but when you talk about actual racing teams and companies like Ferrari, they have full racing simulation rigs set up in all of their facilities, wherever they train their drivers and, and test new things. So those racing simulations are as accurate to the real world, like physical cars as humanly possible. The, the, the pinnacle of what we could design on the PC side, that's kind of the goal is to make them just purely as realistic as possible and throwing out all of basically the flash and flare that sells games on consoles. The goal with the PC racing games is you want to have a solid online experience. You want to be able to get into a league with a bunch of other like-minded people with racing rigs, get on, get into a race, take it super serious, have consequences for people that don't and have a consistent experience therein and none of the the typical, like I said, the the flash and and oohs and ahs of graphics and bells and whistles and stuff. All of those things are set to the curb because the highest priority is frame rate and accurate physics. Everything else is secondary. If it looks great, in addition to driving great, all the better. But it's not a priority. So a lot of those games kind of lacked the visual flair that a console game could provide. So. Enter Project Cars. We, they were willing to do the groundwork of figuring out what makes a good sim great. What does everybody look for in this PC world or the console? What is what makes a game great? What brings you back to something like Gran Turismo or Race Room or whatever the other simulations are out there? Then they also flex their muscle with what they could do graphically. And even in the first one, they had weather from the start, time of day from the start, things that a lot of games neglected. Like Gran Turismo had certain tracks that were set at night, but there were very, very few in the series ever that had day and night variations. And nobody was doing just plain out time of day cycles. So that's where we're at with like Project Cars. So you've got the hardcore simulation nailed down to the feel that everybody on online that's been playing these games for years once plus the crazy visual kind of talents and experience that they could provide plus they also went out and got um feedback and and assistance from real race car drivers i god i want to say ben collins might have been the stig from top gear might have been involved with the the first one maybe that's a big maybe but equivalent at, at least something like that so they went out, they did their homework, they came out with a hardcore racing simulation that 
it's definitely not as accessible as Forza or Gran Turismo. This isn't something that you just like get grab your buddy and say, hey, yeah, here, let's drive some cars, you know. None of that. This is serious. This is this is grown folks business over here with project cars. And for me, that's what I wanted. That's the experience that I started to look for after playing just decades of racing games, going from Gran Turismo to Need for Speed, back and forth for years, playing a little bit of Forza here and there. I never had any of them on Xbox or any of the consoles, but I, I definitely played a few minutes of a few of them just to get a feel for what the competition was doing. But at this stage, like I said, I've, as my, my tastes have matured, probably project cars is more what I'm looking for. I, the simulations that are out there, the, the ones that are real hardcore, like R factor race room, like I mentioned, and Assetto Corsa is another one that's on the PC side that they are, so gung-ho about the physics and the online experience that there is nothing to do in those games if you're a solo player. Literally nothing. Project Cars, another thing that they added as a benefit was AI. And decent AI for a change as well. Where in Gran Turismo, the AI is basically on rails and they're dumb as rocks. They You can just slam into them. They don't go anywhere. They can slam into you with no consequence. It's basically, they're on magnetic rails driving through the track at a preset speed, and your job is to just not destroy yourself or spin yourself out trying to get around them, get in the front or first place. Project Cars changed that up a little bit. Their AI system is a lot more natural and still gets to the same point of kind of running on rails, but to a much looser and much closer to reality kind of setup where when you get on their racing line or you get door to door with them, they kind of give you some breathing room and you could run them off the track and spin them out like a total jerk off. If you want to, if you feel so inclined, it works. Everything happens the way it should. Now the AI, like I said, still kind of gets stuck on rails. It's still dumb as rocks. Well, in the new version, they also put a lot of work into improving that. Now, kind of like stepping on myself i was so deep in talking about project cars one let's let's talk about the new one so after project one project cars one came out it was like a, a resounding success there's a lot of bugs and glitches and stuff that they had to work out but overall the experience was there they they fulfilled their promises and now like f after the day of launch they started saying we're working on project cars two already and it only took a handful of years, and here we are. Project Cars 2 is a reality. It's everything the first one was and more. I mean, going back into it and racing the same cars on the same tracks that I did in Project Cars 1, it does feel not like a retread at all. It feels like a new experience, and it's it's weird. It's, it's hard to explain. Like, everything feels the same but different. It's, it's not... Like I said, a complete renovation of everything, but it's an improvement in almost all areas. So going back to these familiar tracks and familiar cars, you still get the same feel. You understand and know where you are, but everything is just that little bit more, much more detailed and realistic and fun. And I mean, it's a great place to start with. I, I, let's see, I'm checking my notes. I did want to talk about the installation first. The installation was great. Because I, I bought, I pre-ordered the game through Steam just like a few days ahead. And when it came to the day of, I had no issues downloading or installing it. It did everything in the background. When I fired up Steam, it was just ready to go. So very impressed with that. Very happy. This is one of those PC Master Race things where this is a rare experience on console. Starting it up, I mean, everything was just wham, bam, so quick. I've got the SSD and my new PC tower, so... Everything is just lightning fast. Loading into the game takes no time at all. Loading up a race takes no time at all. And everything is just so much faster and so much more satisfying than I remember playing. Because Project Cars 1, I didn't even say that. I had that on the PlayStation 4. That wasn't a PC game for me. It took forever to load into anything. Not to like an excessive level. It wasn't anything truly disgusting, but it did take a while to load into a track which I hear is a big issue with the console versions again now, but that's for later. 
the PC side, like I said, getting into a game, it's one of the big things that I ran into was like setups and it made it super easy to jump onto the track, drive the car around, see what's wrong with it, go back to my wheel settings, go back into the track, dick around with it some more. It took no time at all. So it was really refreshing to be able to experience that. Thank you, PC gods, for smiling on me in that regard. Now, in terms of graphics, the game looks amazing. It can look, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's like truly spectacular. It looks amazing when you have all the full weather effects going on. The reflections are nuts. The cars look great. Everything runs fine. But on my computer, since I I do have a, only a 1050 Ti um, NVIDIA card, the, the better ones are like the 1060, 1070, 1080, I think is their highest one. Those ones run the game a lot better, a lot faster with the ultra settings on. With mine, though, I didn't really have to dial anything back too far. Like, I dropped a couple of the, a, the AA settings, the anti-aliasing, I dropped a couple of those down, turned off their super sampling, which I hear is like a big monster. Um, but then also, there's some little things like particle effects that don't really matter too much. I think the particle effects were cool because it would basically show you would see tiny little specks of rubber and rocks and stuff littered along the track that would build up and get flung up and it helps you to see where that stuff is because you have a little bit less traction in those areas but turning it off made absolutely no difference and it grabbed me a few extra frames per second so I was happy to do that. With the settings that I've been able to figure out like I've got most things like the important stuff like the car detail, the track detail, the textures, all of those are still running on ultra. The only ones that I turned down were the reflections because that's like a big killer when the rain comes out. But doing all of that, I regularly break 60 frames in the regular um, driving like daytime with a full field of cars, um, AI cars. And then when the weather does go crazy, it drops to like the 40s, 50s, but it's still better than 30 frames. It's not my target. Like I said, this is at 1080p and on a, a clear day, it's running 60 frames, which was my goal. The problem is when the weather comes out, like I said, it, it does. It takes a hit to the frame, weight, frame rate, but that is a consistent drop across the board. No matter what card you have, when the full weather effects come out in this game, every setup takes a 20 frame per second hit period, across the board. I've seen plenty of YouTube videos showing exactly how hard it hits and what cards and then all the comparisons. And it is evident, like I said, across the board. Every card gets just punched in the nuts when the, when the clouds come out and it starts raining. And a big part of it is the rain system is crazy detailed. I mean, the clouds roll in and just these streams and clouds of rain that are dropping everywhere. There's lightning effects. There's the crazy like accumulation of water on the track where you see it go from dry bone to okay it's damp okay now there's puddles forming oh no these are deep puddles forming in low spots on the track and there's water everywhere to then if the storm stops everything starts to dry out you start seeing like a, a dry line develop from where the cars are going all of these things are going on and it's obvious why that would have a big performance hit like that now I, I don't regard that as like a substandard performance. I mean, it's definitely pushing the limits of what can be done visually. And if you dial some of those settings back like I did, you can see pretty, pretty standard performance. Like I said, I'm getting 48 to 50 frames out of a 1050 Ti. So that's pretty good from what I've seen. The sound in Project Cars is another one of the, the shining spots of this series. The sound is... Like, compared to Gran Turismo, which I, I did a quick little side-by-side um, -side in my last review of um, when I was talking about Dirt Rally or Dirt 4, where Dirt 4, much like Project Cars, goes for the simulation angle and one of their highest concerns, and rightly so, and something that Project Cars was very specifically in tune to, and even Forza spend a lot of time on is the sound quality because Gran Turismo somehow I, I don't know it must be developed and put together by literal space aliens because 
apparently none of these people have ever even like stood next to an actual car. Anybody on their sound team? I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like the a Japanese culture thing that that's getting in the way of it because they are a Japanese developer and they do have weird hangups when it comes to game design. I wonder if the sound design is part of that that it's just not culturally culturally acceptable to have loud rip roaring motors just everything should be more refined and downturn and just instead and it's the most infuriating thing about that series that every car in Gran Turismo sounds like some form of Hoover vacuum in different states of repair and disrepair I mean the loudest and raspiest anything got in that game still sounds like it's in like a a soundproofed vacuum cleaner not a, like a like a coffee can stuffed with pillows like it's so weird what what they're trying to recreate like where they even got the idea that that's what it sounds like it's uh truly bizarre but getting into a game like this project cars like i said dirt that series like they get it if you've been to a racetrack and stood next to a race car, I mean, just look at a video, any YouTube video of real race cars, and you will immediately see how they're supposed to sound. It, it is, when you're out on the track, it is brutal hearing cars go by with just straight pipes, no mufflers, no anything. Just even a little Honda Civic or a Miata will blow out your eardrums if you're not careful. I mean, when I went to watch a race at Laguna Seca, it was all... Um, sports cars and then like the the grand touring cars and literally had to wear wear earplugs all day it was that loud and it's so refreshing and so exciting to actually have that in the home experience now so with project cars comparatively like a couple of the cars if you look them up like again youtube you can watch and listen to uh, project cars um, hot lap or whatever with like a what was the one I looked at it was like a I want to say a Ford Focus rally car and in project cars it's like I said it's loud it's raspy it's nasty sounding and it's great the real car though doesn't really sound that extreme so I think they went a little more extreme than reality with the sound which in a way I appreciate but at the same time it's not completely honest which, I, you know, that I think that comes back to like a personal tasting. Again, personally, I like the fact that it is loud and nasty and just, just I don't know. It gives me like the, the Tim Allen kind of <laughs> feeling when I hear this crap. So driving around, the sound from all that, the sound from your cars, the sound from the, the racetrack, the other race cars, all of these things coming together. I mean, when you get your car damaged and panels are hanging off, you hear them like clicking and slapping against the side of the car or dragging on the, the road surface. It's amazing. It's everything that it should be and more. One of the other things that I really liked about it was in the settings for audio, you have sliders for almost every individual thing you could think of. So there's a slider for your engine volume. There's a slider for the environment volume. There's a slider for the opponent engine volume. The number one biggest thing that I wish everybody would take as a lesson, there is a slider for tire noise. One of the other worst travesties about Gran Turismo is their goddamn tire noise. Every single car you drive in that game, barring like the high-level race cars, just squeals constantly under acceleration into turns out of turns under braking everything you do except drive at like medium speed in a straight line makes the tires squeal like a dying dog in that game and it is so frustrating and annoying unless like i said you're driving like a, a high-end sports car and i get it to a degree because that can help with your kind of understanding of where your car is in terms of traction and the limit of control can help with that unless you don't need that assist anymore just like a lot of people when they start out in these racing games or when you haven't driven a track before you use the racing line that can be displayed on the track that shows you where to like speed up slow down hit the brakes hard whatever you can turn that off 
Project Cars gets that. You can basically turn down or off the the tire indication, basically. The, the noise that the tires make when you're going through a corner and you break traction and they start squealing, you can turn that down or off. Thank you. That's all I wanted. It's, it's the simplest thing. But it's like I said, being a community-built game instead of something that's designed in a locked cabinet somewhere in Japan, these guys get it. Now, in terms of actual gameplay, this is where things, for the first time, start to get kind of sticky. Picking this game up with a, a gamepad, it can be done now. It's a lot better than Project Cars 1 was, but it's nowhere near something like Gran Turismo or Forza. You need to have a racing wheel set up to really appreciate and enjoy these kind of games. These simulation heavy games need a steering wheel. So first thing I do when I fire the game up is start playing around with the settings. This took way too long. Well, actually the first thing I did was mess around with the, the graphic settings for a while to make sure everything was running primo for my expectations there. But after that wheel setup. So there's a ton of settings and they've actually simplified them versus the last one because the last one was crazy. There was God knows how many, I want to say at least a hundred different sliders and settings just for the, the steering wheel and the force feedback. It was insane. Now in this one, there's still a config file that you can mess around with to use and you can put in manual settings for all those, that different laundry list of things. But in general, You've basically got eh, maybe a dozen sliders now on either side. So there's your wheel calibration settings, and then there's the force feedback settings. They're two separate deals. So with the wheel settings, those are kind of straightforward. The only two that I really had to mess around with were the speed sensitivity and the lock-to-lock -lock, um, speed, I think, were the only two. So the speed sensitivity is how far the wheel how far you have to turn the wheel in your hand to get a reaction from the car in the game at higher speeds. When you're driving at higher speeds, I mean, it's just natural in any car that you turn the wheel a little bit and you get a larger reaction. So when you're going through a turn at hundred miles an hour, you have to turn the wheel a certain amount. When you're taking a turn at 30 miles an hour, you turn it a different amount. It's simple as that, but it's something that did take a, a little extra time to get dialed in in this one. And then on the force feedback side, um, the, um, the settings are different than they were in the last one. They tried to simplify it, but at the same time made it more confusing and weird. So they basically have almost like a stereo mixer for your force feedback settings. Now down to the fact where they call it volume and gain. So you pick from three kind of like columns of what your what your goals are with your force feedback you've got raw that gives you everything you've got um one for god i can't remember what they called them they had different names for them but one was like to feel more of the road surface to get a lot more of the vibrations and the the feel of hitting the curbs and everything and then the other one to give you more of a feel of like your traction when you're losing traction through the turns, more of the, the seat of your pants is what they called it feel. Um, so between those three, you could decide what kind of your goals are. Everybody online said raw is the best place to start because it gives you everything, but then you have to go in and start dialing back what you do and don't want. So you've got settings like how heavy the wheel is in your hand. You've got a setting for how aggressive all of these vibrations and everything truly are, how much it's going to rip the hand, the wheel out of your hands and zip zap it around. Then you've got the final sliders for how much of the, the traction do you want to feel and how much of the like road effects, those rumbles and vibrations do you want to feel maxing all of those out gives you ass on the wheel because all of those things kind of interfere with each other and you end up like just with a, a neutral neutered feel, or it'll actually clip what they say clip and you won't get anything too many things will try to happen at the same time, meaning none of those things will happen. So that's like the very worst case scenario. It took me 
I don't know how many hours. I want to say the first six hours of the game I played were all spent messing around with settings. Either graphics or wheel setup. And it's something that you can only really understand and accept if you're used to playing racing sim games. This is not something for the faint of heart. This is not something for anybody that's used to, like I said before, like Need for Speed or Gran Turismo or Forza. Like those games don't even bother with these levels of in-depth setting. It's something that it is. It it takes like a unique kind of not person but personality and, and goal set to really sit there and spend six hours just messing around with wheel settings. It's it's bananas. It's not an elitist thing, but it's definitely an enthusiast thing. So buyer beware. Now, some of like the the kind of lower end of the spectrum things, the issues, if you will, that I'd started to run into. The driving models, the physics, there's some weird things still in this one. Um, some weird carryovers from Project Cars 1, some old issues that were there, but now... It's like certain cars drive amazing, other cars drive like complete ass, and there's no real, not excuse, but explanation for any of it. It's like some of them were just super dialed in and some of them just weren't. It's their focus must have been on certain things and maybe they had a, a checklist in the development cycle that like overall you'll see there's a lot of these little things that pop up that really show that the game was rushed. They really needed it to get into this launch window. They're really committed to it. And unfortunately, that means a lot of things were overlooked and will have to be addressed as the game goes on, which is very unfortunate and has caused a lot of bad feedback online. There's many, many pitchforks and torches starting up out there headed for slightly mad studios. It's not like a worst case scenario because the game is very playable. I've spent almost 20 hours playing it and had almost no issues no game bringing game breaking issues but there's definitely a lot of little just little pestery things little bugs and glitches that they're annoying but like i said not game breaking so one of the first ones was they have this little mojave desert track little fake one and i was looking through the tracks trying to find something short that would give me like a good set of testing parameters so it's got wide sweeping turns nothing too sharp but it's got uphill downhill and a couple of sections that you do have to like slow down to to turn into so i figured it'd be a good place to kind of mess around with like the wheel settings and everything when i was doing that well the car that i decided to jump into was the toyota gt86 or what americans would know as the the scion um frs or the subaru brz that that car the japanese version of it get out there and it's just slip sliding all over hell it's like it's raining but it's not it's like it's on ice but it's not this is a dry circuit on racing tires like it shouldn't be like this so after messing around with the settings on that a bit to get it to where i felt comfortable with it i went into like a a custom race setting. So I was doing it just myself on the track by myself, just going around doing laps, seeing what worked, what didn't throw the AI, AI cars in there. And they just smoked me. Like I wasn't even trying, like I was parked. Like it was ridiculous. They were taking these aggressive, crazy fast lines that I could never replicate with this car, the way it was set up. So after trying and failing at that for a couple hours, I finally just backed out picked a different car i went straight to the top and got like an indie road car took that out there and it was glorious it felt like it should like a damn slot car and you could push it to the limit and it would get there and right at the limit when you'd start to lose control you could bring it back and make it through the turn and it was so natural and great and everything it should have been why was it so broken with that other car i can understand to an extent that, yeah, it's a road car. You should be able to push it so hard that, you know, it's sliding off the track and stuff. But it was also, like, really just overblown. Like, there was these weird, like, oversteering moments where you'd start to lose the rear end. It would be sliding sideways. You would counter steer, and it would just continue to rotate and shoot you into the wall. There was no way to recover from so many different little things. 
very unnatural, very weird. I jumped into from the from the IndyCar, I grabbed like a Camaro, a ZL1. So this one is naturally like gonna be harder to drive because it's got like six, seven hundred horsepower or something stupid, and it's just a Camaro. So it's not a race car, it's like a race car for the street with none of like the the accoutrements. So get that thing out there. And it was just absolute hot garbage to drive. It was not fun at all. It would just lose control. As soon as you touch the throttle, it would lose control in all the turns. It was the same thing as that, that GT 86. And I don't know if it's just maybe the road cars, the rear wheel drive road cars that have that issue because they're the ones that I've had it the worst in. Now, another one that was just trash to drive and not fun at all. They got the license and added in the dirt fish um, it's like the rally training campus up in Washington that was in dirt rally. So jumped in there and I mean, the, the recreation was great. Again, the graphics are amazing. The tracks look great. The cars look great. Everything looks amazing. The physics are the, the kind of sticking point right now for all these road cars. Well, also the off-road stuff that is such a big addition for them really wasn't fun. I, the first thing I jumped into is like a Raptor um, Ford F-150 pickup. And it was like some monster energy custom rig put together thing. Jump in and like the traction control was on for some reason. You're driving a pickup off-road and you don't want traction control on. I, whatever. I turned it off. I turned it on. Tried a bunch of different things and it was just not fun at all to drive like this big truck that for having a shit ton of horsepower was slow off the line, had no, like, I guess it had traction, but just, it, it couldn't put it together. Like I could not get comfortable in that truck driving it at all to like drift around turns or get any kind of good feeling out of it. It was very disappointing, very weird. So I, I ditched that one real quick after like three laps and never went back from there. I decided to try again with the GT86. I've got my wheel settings all done. I've gone online. I've looked up other people's setups, tried them out. I don't know what the hell people are smoking sometimes when it comes to that, because I put all the settings in word for word, how they listed it. I even copied and pasted one of the, um, those, um, config files, like I talked about. And it was just garbage like again just trash like nothing that i was looking for the the wheel just felt like ass there was nothing there no no resistance no weight no anything so went back and played around some more i mean again like i said six hours of plus that i spent just messing around with my wheel settings but got it to a point that i i was happy with driving some of the cars so i figured okay we'll get the gt86 out again took it to a road course um the long beach road course that it's a real recreation of the, the racetrack that they set up for the Indy cars and the celebrity race tournament down in Long Beach, California every year. Hop out there, still too loose in that GT86, still just not fun to drive. The default car that the game kind of starts you with when you go into these um, different tracks when you're doing single races was a, a McLaren, I think the MP570, and it was great. It it's a supercar and it drove like a supercar. It felt awesome. It, it, it gave you that, that warning zone that when you start to push it too far, there's still a chance to bring it back. It was just everything it should be jumped into the 80 GT 86 again, still trash. Like it just, I don't know what I was expecting or what I was hoping, but it was, I just had to like confirm to myself that, okay, this is really bad. I'm not this bad. I've been doing this for years. Get into a real car. Okay, it's not me. Go back to the other one. Is it me again? Like, it's just stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. I grabbed a Porsche 991 GT3 RS. I think it was that one. It's like their top-of-the-line Porsche road car, current gen. Absolute garbage as well. Same thing as the the GT86 was doing. Just this weird oversteer. You get stuck in a, a slide that you can't get out of. There's no way to like correct or just nothing. Just you hit like an invisible ice patch and you're just dead. So I tried racing a little bit with that one. I got to the point where I could be consistently in like the top two, but just, it still just was not fun. 
It was unnatural the way it was sliding and crap and just ugh. At this point, I did like a full grid race with the the 991. Like I said, I was getting in second and third and just no, just wasn't happening. So I figured, okay, now that I've got my settings set up, I know there's cars to avoid. I'm going to stay away from the road cars altogether. Just let's get in some race cars, see what's going on. So go into the career mode. And in the career mode, it starts you off at the bottom end. You can choose from racing go-karts, racing the Formula Rookie cars, or these Janetta, um, basically kit cars that you can buy and race, like Weekend Warrior style. So I went with the Janettas, and it was amazing. It was great. It was everything it should be. It, it felt good. It was fun. I could qualify in the top spots. I could win the races... And, you know, there's difficulty sliders, too, where you can make the, the AI better or worse in terms of just, like, lap times, basically. And then you can also make them more or less aggressive. So they'll actually either sacrifice a line, give you the, the, the room to pass through, or not. They'll slam the door in your face and make you earn it <laughs> through scrape and paint. So got those settings kind of messed around with too to where I was comfortable and yeah it was amazing it this is this is what the game is all about I think that's where some of that developing like final development time like I talked about earlier went this was probably one of their focus points was the career mode making sure that these lower tiers everybody jumping into the game wanting to play like from right away out of the box this is where they're gonna go they feel great they work great but that's also where one of the biggest current issues with the game, and again, one that was in Project Cars 1, reared its ugly damn head. When you set a qualifying time, when you're in these career races, you have the option to turn practice and qualifying on and off before a race. If you turn them off and you don't do them, you're just going to start at the back of the pack every time and have to work your way up. It's fine if that's what you want to do. But if you want to get on the track, work on making a really good time, qualify for the, the pole position or somewhere in the middle of the pack, whatever your goals are, you know, wherever you want to be, you could turn those on and the practice session will be say like 15 minutes. The qualifying session will be another 15 or 30 minutes. And then you have the actual race. So you go in, you do your practice. If you want to do the whole time you can, or you can park your car back in the pits and go to skipped into session. So I do that. Practice, you know, get comfortable with it, skip to the end of it, get into the qualifying laps, do a few laps of that, and then once I feel confident in the time that I've set, I could then stop, hit the skip to end of session, and be good, right? Wrong. You would set a pole position, hit the skip to end, somehow the AI cars that were multiple seconds behind you when you set your pole time are now impossible numbers ahead of you. Say your average lap time or best lap time ended up being like a minute and five seconds. The AI cars will be behind you by like five seconds. They'd be like a minute, 10, minute, 11. Once you hit that skip to end, all of a sudden those same cars that couldn't beat you within three to five seconds are now three to five seconds faster than they than you ever could be it, it's this weird thing that goes on when you simulate the the rest of the qualifying session that it puts these just completely unattainable unattainable numbers up there so all of a sudden you go from first to last that quick and there's nothing you can do about it in project cars one this was a known issue and what they added was the ability to kind of fast forward through it so instead of just skipping it outright and letting the comp computer run the numbers, it still forces the simulation, quote unquote. So the cars have to physically drive around the track to make those times. A weird little fix that worked, I guess, in, in the past. But lesson not learned, I guess, for the new one. So that is an outstanding glitch right now. They already released a patch, um, version 1.1. 1 .1 Point three or whatever it was. So they kind of neutered the cheating AI. They, they reassessed the racing lines that the, the AI is able to take on a lot of the tracks because they could cut corners and put up speeds through turns that were just impossible for you to recreate. 
So they also did what they called a first pass on these cheating um, qualifying laps. What they ended up doing was in the lower ranking races, like the Genettas and the the two or the one or two um, ranks above that or series above that, they fixed it just outright. Like the, the lap times are consistent with what the computer was doing and everything's been fine. But I got into like the third tier, third or fourth tier group A cars. And now it's not everybody's faster than me, but I set up a, a pull time. I'm ahead by a few seconds. I do skip to the end. And now one to three of the AI cars will end up multiple seconds ahead of me with, I don't know if they're really impossible lap times, but impossible for what they were doing before I did the skip to end. And then the rest of the field will be just normal. So I end up in like, say like third to fifth place at worst middle of the pack. But this is still after I set the pole fastest race time or lap time. So it's still a little goofy. It's still a little broken. Like they said, this is their first pass at it. So maybe things will work out and be better in the short term. But I mean, still, I'm having a great experience with the career mode. Everything so far has been a lot of fun in there. That's where I guess my experience ends because that's with my 20 or so hours. That's as far as I've gotten. I'm in like the third tier. I haven't really driven any of the Indy cars, Formula One, NASCAR, any of that stuff. And I definitely have not gone online. And that's where we start our new chapter. Drama. Online, there's a forum that I've been a part of for a while, GT Planet. And that's when I was in my Gran Turismo League days. I was on there posting, starting fights with people, trolling, lurking, all those good forum things. But I get emails from them every once in a while. And I, I got one that said... I believe I saw something or maybe it was a tweet or something about project cars. And there was a, a forum page started up where there was this whole thread just about glitches and bugs in project cars too. So look it up and <laughs> within days, the thing is already up to like 20 pages. <laughs> it's, it's bananas. But what's been really impressive about it is you've had a bunch of douchebags getting in there just bitching and complaining like like these aren't human beings that can make mistakes like this game was supposed to be somehow perfect and infallible when it came out which is impossible that's that's not the way game development works so everybody's a lot of the people are being constructive and just saying like hey i'm having this issue this other thing a lot, of, a lot of other people are just being dicks and saying like how can you release a game like this this is stuff that you supposedly fixed in project cars one and blah 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 well, the devs are actually in there and they're actually responding and reading these things. So these dickheads are making everybody look bad, but thankfully the devs are still keeping a cool head and they're actually giving a little bit of the, the stink back to them too. So calling them out on their bullshit, you know, trying to give back a little bit without getting too far into it and starting fights. But it's been nice to actually see people posting legitimate complaints and getting legitimate responses from the developer up to and including the hot patch that already came out to fix some of these things. So it's been kind of like a mixed bag so far, but progress is progress. And it is, yes, it's unfortunate that the game wasn't perfect when it came out, but that's, that's the nature of game development and releasing these days. And especially from a studio like Slightly Mad that's more independent, you know? I haven't gone and done any of the online racing that's available in the game. And I understand from looking online between that and basically everything on the PS4 version, those are the biggest issues right now. So playing online can be done, but it's like with the bad handling of certain cars and some other issues with um, like settings and like weird stuff where <laughs> there was one guy every time... He, he did like a three-hour race, which is crazy. I would never do that. But every time he would pit, his fuel would basically double when they refilled it. So you start the race with like 14 gallons or liters, whatever it is. He would go to the pit, get filled up. Instead of filling it up to 14, it filled it up to 28. <laughs> and then the next time, it filled it up to 52 or whatever. And it just kept going progressively till 
he said like at the end of it, he was over like 100 gallons or liters or whatever of fuel in his car somehow. They can only hold 14. So there's stupid stuff like that that breaks the, the online experience that, like I said, I haven't messed around with, but there's other things. So like I said, the PS4 version is almost completely broken. Every mode, every screen, every setting, every menu, something is screwed up on it. I've seen graphics glitches where... I watched a guy live streaming actually, and he was driving on the Nürburgring and all of a sudden all the trees on the side of the track turned white, just blank white. And it was just this weird, like bleeding graphic effect that slowly ate more of the trees and then just went away out of nowhere. So there's weird stuff like that. There's issues with people's cars, just going out of their control just turning off and not being able to be restarted or just locking on the track in the middle of everything. There's there's a rolling start option now, which is nice because starting from a dead stop is kind of a pain in the ass because you can't get traction. Everybody kind of gets all jumbled up. So a rolling start helps get cars up to speed. Everybody's in their position and then you can get to the first turn and everybody kind of knows what they're supposed to do. Well, there's problems where... Before the car is in your control, the AI is controlling it and it'll like pass another car, get a penalty, fall back into place, start the race. And now you have a penalty for something the AI did before you even had control of the car. So just the weirdest shit that's been coming up. There's that. There's an issue where you can go in and customize your tuning on your car do all your different settings with your suspension and everything and save it for that specific car on a specific track. That way, like you could have a car set up for all the different tracks in the game without ever having to really go in and mess with anything. You just select that profile when you go into that track. So problem is (laughs) people would save a setup for one car on one track, switch over to a completely different car, completely different track, And it's somehow carrying over the settings of that initial car. (laughs) So you could go in and like my GT86, say, go into a track, set it up all for that, save it as the GT86 on Laguna Seca, whatever, jump over into a freaking prototype car on the Nürburgring, and it's still got that GT86 setting for this Le Mans prototype car. It's stupid stuff like that. At. So you get in the car and it's just undrivable. Like the transmission is set up for a 140 horsepower car. The the suspension is all jacked up, just undrivable completely. And I can't remember what the solutions were to even fix that. I think you could just go and set it to the default, but it's just unnecessary and insane bugs like that. And it's, this is what raises the questions. Like, did they even quality test this? And I believe they did. Like they they paid to have other companies do QA testing for them. So it's not like they weren't working on any of this stuff. But again, I my theory is that they're just under launch pressure and they had a hit list and they just had to work top to bottom by priority and just these things got overlooked or are yet to be addressed. And that's just the nature of, I mean, releasing games. It sucks. There's other little things like no headlights on cars, uh, no indicators for certain things turning on and off, things dropping out, graphics missing, but most of those I feel like have been on the PS4, and from reading that forum, that thread, like the majority of them are on PS4. Um, there's a lot of people having issues on Xbox One as well, but I think the, the market's bigger on the Sony console is why there's more people complaining there. But aside from that, like the PC version, for me... Like I said, I've had very few issues. Like, yeah, there's some of these handling bugs that I feel are in there. But other than that, I've been able to enjoy over 20 hours of it, playing the career mode and doing all my testing and stuff. I I, I haven't gone online because that's still really intimidating. Um, and it's really hard to find good lobbies where everybody races clean. So eventually, though, I'll, I'll find something out there. I've got buddies that I think will be out there. A lot of the people that I did race with stuck to PS4. So I've got to see, I've got to go back through and find out if anybody upgraded and is with me now on the PC side, but we'll see. I'm also going to get, I already have it in the mail from Gamefly, the PS4 version to try out myself because I do want to do a side-by-side comparison. So 
Look forward to hearing about that. Should eventually. Let's see, what else did I have here? Talked about the GT Planet Forum. Yep, that, that, that. Another thing that was kind of broken, the ice racing. Another new thing they added. It was just not fun again like the ai cars had just way too much traction somehow they were taking weird racing lines it's like you start the race and they drift crazy and they're going all out into the first turn and then they just like slow down and find this weird little point of traction where it's just that's all they do they're just putting around but it's it sucks because they are going faster through the track they're unbeatable really with their lap times and to, to do like a real crazy power slide through the turns is just impossible to keep any kind of traction or speed. So that's kind of broken at the moment. And then, like I said, online, I'll get there eventually. Now, as for the overall for like this serving as a review for any prospective purchasers, I have to say this again is for a very specific audience. You need to be a hardcore racing sim fan to get the most out of this game. <clears throat> if you like the arcade experience of something like Need for Speed or the lighter side of the simulation spectrum like Gran Turismo and Forza, stick with those games. Get Forza. Don't even look at Project Cars because it's not going to be worth your time. You're not going to have fun with it. It's not your game. If, though, you are a hardcore sim racing fan, if games like Gran Turismo and Project Cars leave you wanting more, if they leave you feeling like it's not a true-to-life experience, this is the the game for you. It isn't right now, and that's what's hard to swallow. If you buy this game right now today, you're going to be disappointed because there are a lot of things broken in it, especially if you're buying it on PlayStation 4 or Xbox. But... Future updates will fix a lot of this stuff, and in short order. Like I said, that first patch was within a couple days of the game launching, so they're definitely working on it. It's definitely going to get better, but it's going to take a lot of patience. For someone like me, who's definitely invested in it, I'll be here. I'm already invested in the game. I'm going to get whatever DLC comes out for it. I'm in for the, the long run. So, I'll be here, and I'll be able to report back on what's improved, what hasn't, what's changed, what didn't. And if you are like me and you want that hardcore racing experience and you'd like to start up a little casual room and just do some hot laps and maybe some, a couple races, hit me up because I'm all about it. And I need to find people that are kind of on the same page. I'm not crazy about these long, crazy races. I'm, I'm not about the endurance stuff, doing hours and hours of it. Like I'd love to get in, run five laps and hit a new track, different cars, whatever. Just a nice little shuffle. But like I said, hit me up if you're out there. Otherwise, again, final word is buy it now if you're crazy like me. If you like sim racing and you're not crazy about dealing with all these issues, wait till the updates catch up to get the game caught up to where it should be and then get into it, wait for a sale, that type of thing, because it's one of those games, the price will drop pretty quick, I'm sure. But um, aside from that, yeah, I love it. It's everything I hoped for. It's going to just do nothing but get better over time. And yeah, I don't regret it at all. I'm very pleased with how my PC is able to handle it. I'm very pleased that my racing seat, wheel, and everything still work with it. I mean, I bought... It's the T300RS Thrustmaster that I bought just a few years ago. Um, when... God, when did I get that and what for? I think I got it when I was just playing Gran Turismo 6 still. But it was compatible with the PS3, PS4, and now PC, fully compatible. So everything just works. Plug and play. Good to go. I love it. Like I said, for me, knowing me from all this hour of rambling about this stupid game, it's, it's like I said, it's everything that I wanted as a, a complete car nerd, racing sim nerd. Um, but yeah, that's the final word, I guess. Take it or leave it, brah! Other than that, Thanks for sitting through all this with me. It's been, like I said, about an hour, and it's it feels great for me to get all of this off of my chest. I feel much better, and now I can't wait to get back into Project Cars and hopefully Forza someday, too, so I can compare that. But look forward to hearing more. Look forward to a new little smattering of guests. I've got a few lined up, a few crazy things that I want to try to put together. I've got the Portland Retro Gaming Expo coming up as well. 
and just remember to follow me. I'm at Chevron Rock if you want to actually follow me myself. But you can follow the show on Twitter as well at WAG Podcast, and then on Facebook at WAG Podcast, and then email at WAGPodcastPDX at gmail.com. Thank you very much for joining me for this special edition of the Well Adjusted Gamer Podcast, and I will talk to you again soon. Goodbye. <laughs>